0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Romans 2 and 5, the nope. righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue in yep. some well-doing seat yep. for glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life, but unto them that yep. are contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Great blue kid. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga, with back. Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gonna tell you? Nope. We gonna explore. Nope. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life. Nope. So many secrets in the vault. Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book tomorrow. my. Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Yep. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue and Christ is the way? Yep. Never gonna win. Nope. Tryna make it to heaven. Yep. Get there by sinning. Nope. Follow the commandments. Yep. Everybody got choices. I chose this walk, so I keep on trying? Everybody got choices. Choose the right path and nothing can stop us. Everybody got choices. Righteous life, devil don't like that nah. Everybody got choices. Choose the right path and save your soul. Never going back. No, no, no. Forward to the kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everybody, no. yeah. 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 Everybody got choices. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Everybody got choices. Nope. Everybody got choices. Is it cool yeah. to
2: be gay? Yeah. Nope. Didn't he make us straight? Yep. Yeah. Is the most high plan Nope. You will learn the day, yep. Yeah. Do you understand grace? No. Remember Noah's day? Yeah. Did more than eight people live? No. Will it be the same way? Yeah. It's a broad way to heaven? No. It's a broad way to hell? Yeah. You choosing death over life? No. You gonna change your life?
1: Yeah. Do you love these streets? No. Do you see police? Yeah. You wanna get shot down? Everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us. Everybody got choices, righteous life, they don't like that, nah. Everybody got choices, choose the right path and save your soul, never going back, no, no, no. no. Forward to the To choose side to choose from You've to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Should I live a simple life nope. Should I repent and be baptized yep. Will Amalek ever be nice nope. Was I still ever crucified yep. Does this world love the most high yep. It's the wicked going of burn Will he travel forever from you got to choose one who you gonna choose the most I see it's a choose two side to choose from you got to choose one who you gonna choose who you gonna choose got to
0: choose
1: all right, all right, all right. a Alright, alright, right, right, right. you gonna learn today a Alright, alright, right gonna learn today
2: all right all right all right all right uh shalom good morning uh welcome once again to another episode of uh israeli school of biblical history biblical history and practical knowledge uh, bible talk podcast my name is mishako i am one of the teachers with the isbhbk um with school locations in san antonio texas houston texas Northern virginia and rochester new york shalom welcome to the show um uh, got started a little bit late this morning uh, my apologies um Uh, My my apologies. We did get started a little bit late, Uh, but we're going to jump right into it. Um, Reminder that uh, if you go to isbhpk.com, isbhpk.com, to to the website there, uh, the links to the um, RSVP for the Passover. Uh, ISBHPK will be congregating for the Passover on Sunday, um, uh, April 9th, 2023, at the Dohiki Club in um, uh, Newport News, Virginia, which is right, right, right there by the New, uh, uh, Northern Virginia, uh, for the Passover. That special Passover date is actually April 6th. <coughs> uh, but we will be congregating, uh, but we can get all as many people together for the Passover as possible uh, that Sunday, April 9th, all right, 2023. There in Newport News, Virginia. So go to the website, isbhbk.com. Go ahead and check out the, um, uh, the RSVP. And to give you the details for uh, the address locations and, and, and everything. And to, and to let the brothers know, let the families know in, in uh, Norfolk, and then you and your family will be attending. All right. So go ahead and to jump straight into this <coughs> class this morning. Last night we left off in, uh, in the book of Ezra, uh, chapter 10. And we, the topic we're going over, brothers and sisters, is I'm still dealing with, with uh, biblical salvation. Um, and now we're going into the steps that's needed for the Israelites. What's now needed for the Israelites for us to achieve salvation? Um, this passage has is, 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 is been wild. When I say wild, meaning some of the depths that that has gone into and revealed have really been um, uh, awakening, uh, to, to say the least. It has really been um, um, eye-opening uh, of what what it is we got to do as Israelites. Now, now we understand that biblical salvation has always only dealt with the nation of Israel being saved out of out of captivity. That's the only time you deal with salvation in the old testament actually reading about salvation is whenever the israelites actually went into captivity we go in captivity um well we we sin against the most high going to captivity um and then we had to come together confess our sins uh uh confess our sins as a nation i'm, I'm, I'm gonna stress the fact that it was as a nation we had to come confess our sins and then uh, ask, ask the Father for forgiveness. And then we'd have to ask the Most High for a deliverer. And when, once we, those, those requirements were met, the High would always send a, a deliverer or a savior or a judge. And that's pretty much covered in the book of Judges. Um, I've cut, The topic we're going into today, is, is I still want to go further, and, a little bit more further into the confession part. Um, and how important it is, the, the confession really is. I've, I've covered this briefly. Um, in this series, but I want to go more into it, um, and we're we'll, we'll continuing with it. We're, we're going to continue on w- uh, with it. So uh, picking up from last night, we were in Ezra chapter 10, verse 11. Um, let me pull it back up on my computer here. We were in Ezra chapter 10, verse 11, and it says, Now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the strange wives. Now we 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 read Ezra chapter nine and also Ezra chapter ten and we were dealing with it at for the time in history that the book of Ezra was, was written. It was right after the, the Babylonian captivity. Um, we were in the Persian and me captivity and it was a time of rebuilding the temple that when the most high got so so angry at the the mission of Israel uh, and for the remaining Jews, the kingdom of Judah, that was still remaining in the land, that he carried uh, the rich and royalty out of the land into a 70-year captivity in Egypt, uh, in uh, Babylon. Also during that time, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar ransacked the temple. And he destroyed the temple that, that Solomon had built in um, the Most high's anger because the temple was supposed to be the temple is a representation of Israelite unity, that it was Israelite unity, and that's the place where the Mosai set, set his throne or set the the the, the, the temple. And for our continued um, idolatry, our continued um, wickedness and evil, the Mosai had the temple destroyed um, and, and, and ransacked. And that Why would he want the temple to represent him and When it's supposed to represent the unity Of the people of Israel um, why, why So it was destroyed Just like it still remains destroyed to this day and Even though so, the sort of white man has gone Into Jerusalem and claimed himself To be the Jews coming back home The temple has yet to be renewed uh, Rebuilt It's called Solomon's Temple It has yet to, be, <laughs> yet to be rebuilt Because the real Jews are not home yet the, the Lord has not stopped our punishment yet and brought us out of the captivity now where we've been scattered to the four corners of the, of the earth. So coming back right now and dealing with Ezra, uh, and come, the, when we came back from the Babylonian captivity, remember, the nation of Israel had been split into two different nations or kingdoms at this time. And the another kingdom called the kingdom of Israel had already been dispersed through the four corners of the earth um, and mainly here in the Americas. Um, The um, so-called Native Americans of of America, so-called, are are members of the ten tribes of the nation of Israel. They are descendants of the ten tribes of the nation of Israel. they had already been scattered and and pushed over here and banished out of the land um, in 722 B.C. during the Assyrian captivity. And we've definitely covered that within this series. Uh, The remaining kingdom um, of the Israelites of the two kingdoms that it was split into uh, was the kingdom of Judah or the Jews, um, and upon the, the 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 rising of the Babylonian kingdom under Nebuchadnezzar, many Israelites, as I, as I just stated, were brought into captivity into the um, uh, in Babylonian captivity, and um, and after Cyrus came into power with the Persian and uh, Empire, and that subsequent captivity that King Cyrus of the Persians um, even helped the Jews get back into um, uh, Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. All right, so what was that with some mercy? So I'm picking up now with Ezra that upon coming back and rebuilding the temple, that there was a problem, there was an issue, that many of the Israelites at, at this time had, while we were in Babylon, had really gotten into this thing about, I, it's almost so. It's like when in Rome, do as the Romans do. But being in Babylon, do as the Babylonians do. And we married. We gave our daughters to the men of the of the, of, of the land, and then we gave our sons uh, to the wives of the land and, and made many marriages. In uh, adopting and in accepting the 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 culture, the laws, the ways of the ancient Babylonian empire. We really absorbed ourselves into it. So Ezra is now having to address this. All right? So Ezra is now addressing this. So now coming back now to Ezra chapter 10, and verse 1, it says, mm-hmm. Now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers, and do his pleasure, and separate yourselves from the people of the land and from and from the strange wives. Now, I know most people, when they come and deal with this part right here, they really want to make their focus and and bring all the attention to about being with strange wives. Um, But that's not the key. That's not the key of what verse 11 is talking about. If if you're looking at through your Bible, and you're looking at Ezra chapter 10, verse 11, um, and you understand grammar, it says, now, therefore, make confession unto the Lord God of your fathers, comma, and do his pleasure colon. It's not a semicolon, it's a colon. That thought stops right there. That now it's about making a confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure. That's what God's pleasure is, that we confess first. That we admit and acknowledge that we've been wrong. Um and that's not really stressed enough. Now I know there's confession within the Catholic Church, uh, and, and 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 what have you um, but that's not the confession that God's talking about. This this is on a national level, the Lord requiring a confession from the nation of Israel, or at this time the Jews, and returning back to Babylon, returning back to Jerusalem from Babylon, that we were to come together and make a confession about what we've done wrong, acknowledge we have done wrong. And that's the one thing that I'm really trying to bring out and stress with this part of the series right now, is that, we have a lot of Israelites, similar to the situation here in, in, in Ezra, that we, that many Israelites, have returned back. Um, that they return back to the identity. They we, we return back to the birth uh, um, of of the actual identity that we are the Israelites. Uh, we haven't obviously we haven't gone home yet as a nation, but we, we, we're coming back home in the sense of we're the Israelites, and. Many of us, again, we come in and we find out we're Israelites, and whereas before we might have called ourselves Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, so forth and so on, we might have called ourselves Democrats or Republicans. We might have called ourselves Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, um, uh, 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 non-denominational. We might have had many different titles that we we call ourselves by. And now we will stop calling ourselves by those titles, and now we do call ourselves Israelites. But one thing that we have not done as a nation, and this is why 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 camp banging is is so detrimental. This is why camp banging is so um, so damaging, because it still puts us in a place where we're not confessing our wrongs. We're not confessing as a people what we've done wrong to the to God as a nation we come back and yes we'll, um, um, we'll do part of the repentance and we'll come back and start keeping the laws found in the Old Testament we'll start keeping instead of keeping the, the holidays of Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving we'll keep the holy days of, of Passover um, Hanukkah and um, Feast Tabernacles we'll keep those things we'll, we'll change um, going to ch- from going to church on Sundays to now recognizing the, the Sabbath day uh, unto God. Um, we'll do those things, but one thing that's still lacking amongst us, and I've been, I've been in this work and this walk for over 35 years. One thing that's still lacking amongst us is a national confession that we've been wrong. That, and, and, and that's one thing we have, that we have not yet got, got achieved. Um, there's a lot of teaching. What we'll teach about it is about repentance, and but the, uh, the only extent they would take repentance to is that okay. Again, whereas maybe my parents didn't teach me to call myself an Israelite, but now I'm an Israelite and uh, I keep the laws of God now. Especially for the older generation of those coming into the show, if I'm finding of the Israelites. Uh, for for young people, um, the the lesson would be. You have to acknowledge what you've done wrong, and that's the biggest thing that people, in our pride, in our our, our fear of not, not want to be corrected, uh, not wanting to be exposed, uh, or not want to be told no. We don't acknowledge and confess what we've done wrong, and that's the most. I, that's that is one of the biggest problems and issues the most I has with the nation of Israel. And that's why I did, uh, uh, we're going over Ezekiel chapter 10, verse 11, that it's about we have to confess. We have to take accountability and acknowledge what we've done wrong. And this is one thing that we, and again, in our, our pride, in our opinions, in, in, our, uh, in our haughtiness, in our arrogance, we will not acknowledge that we've done wrong. We will not acknowledge that we went contrary to God. That's one thing we won't do. And if we sit around and we hold a lot of hatred, we hold a lot of lot of, lot of anger, we hold a lot of um, uh, bitterness, and how others have offended us, about how others have done us wrong, and we we want to hang and jump on that on, on on that bandwagon so hard. Always about you know it's it's the classic. In the Garden of Eden. Let's go. Let's go there real quick. Let's go to Genesis chapter chapter. Um, Three. This really has been an age-old issue or age-old problem with us, uh, the people of God, and God, the Creator. Uh, going to Genesis chapter 3, I'm starting at verse 1. It says, Now, the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea. As God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. I'm not going to go deeper to this part right here. I just wanna, We're going to read through it, though. I don't want to go into a deep breakdown, taking me further away. But I want to get to the point where we will not acknowledge what we've done wrong. We all, we've, from the time of creation, when God created everything, and what are I right here to Adam and Eve, that from their time, we're going to notice one thing they did not do, was acknowledged they did wrong they passed the buck they they justified it was somebody else's fault, not theirs and this is one thing that we have that we we, we keep in our mentality. we will not acknowledge that yes we have done wrong we'll cry, we'll scream we'll 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 uh, uh we'll go through the dramatics uh of, 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 of saying i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but we will never confess what it is we did wrong. We won't confess that, no, we were doing wrong. That this, when I did this, my thinking was wrong. Because we don't think we're wrong. When it comes down to it, we as individuals and as the nation of Israel, we don't really believe that we're wrong. It's not my fault. So, again, in Genesis chapter um, 3 and verse 1, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, "Talk about the, the serpent, said unto the woman, yea, has God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. And that was said. God told Adam and Eve, um, "Told Adam, y'all can eat of the trees of the garden, meaning of all the fruit trees, you can freely eat. Pomegranates, coconuts, um, uh, bananas, uh, um, apples, oranges, limes, um, star fruit. Eat to your heart's content. Go for it. Uh, reading on verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, the Messiah said, you, eat, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. So here we find Eve was able to... Recite the orders that God had gave. She knew better. And this is not going to be a woman, woman bashing class. We're getting to the point about acknowledgement. So it's not like she didn't know. It's not like she was innocent. It's not like she was, she was just oblivious to what was happening. She was able to tell the serpent everything God said, which is pretty simple. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, "Ye shall not eat of it; neither shall you touch it, lest you die." She said this. Adam didn't say this. She recited what God said. So it's not like she didn't know. Verse four. And the serpent said unto the woman, "Ye shall not surely die." All right. He lied to her. But that doesn't take away from the fact that she still was told from God. She got it from the horse's mouth. Verse 5, Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took other fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also to her husband, and he did eat. Okay? It's obviously, when we go back and actually read um, Genesis chapter 2, we know the Lord God spoke to Adam, uh, the man. In order for Eve to, to receive this, that means she, she heard God talking to Adam, or Adam taught Eve what God had said, his commandments. That was done. So now here, they both knew better. They both know that they were not supposed to eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. For whatever justification, I'm not getting to the technicalities of it, whatever justification they came up with, they ate of the fruit of the trees of the garden. They they did exactly what God said not to do. And they knew better. They knew better. Reading on, verse 7. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves aprons. And uh, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Uh, Verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself verse 11 and he said who told thee that thou art naked has thou eaten of the tree whereof i commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat that right there is a simple yes or no question that right there is a, that's a yes or no question well it's two questions the first part who told thee that thou uh, was naked? Obviously, there had to be more people than Adam and Eve for, for God to ask the question, who told you? Who told thee that thou art naked? All right? But the second part, this right here becomes a yes or no situation. Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? That's a yes or a no. Did you do it or did you not do it? Did you do what I, told, what I commanded you not to do? It wasn't a request. It wasn't an offer. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commandment. Has thou uh, eaten of the tree where I commanded thee that thou, you, should not eat? That's yes or no. Own up to what you did. Did they take this fast? Verse twelve. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. What, why was it necessary to 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 bring even to it? Why don't you just say, yes, I I hear the tree? Why not acknowledge what you did and and bringing the woman into it and making the reference that the woman that you gave me, now you're deferring responsibility. You're deferring accountability and almost trying to put it on God like it's really God's fault. I'm not going to take accountability. Adam didn't take accountability for his actions. And his answer, it was a deflection, again, almost to deflect like somehow or to imply that it's actually God's fault, that God, if you didn't, the woman that you gave me, maybe if you didn't give me the woman, uh, then she wouldn't, uh, you gave it, you, the woman you gave me, she gave me of the tree and I didn't eat. If you never gave me this woman, then I would never have eaten what you said not to eat. Eat, but because you gave her to me, and I figured that since you gave her to me, it was okay for me to go and eat it now. All types of, 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 of to defer, to deflect, um, just taking up and acknowledging his wrong. He had to word it in a way, and this is what we are forever good at. I got to now word it. So it's not really completely my fault. Okay, I did it, but did you first? First, let me tell you, this is what Christ came back and told us. Let your yea be yea and let your nay be nay. The envy more than these is evil. Because now you can try to, we we try to deflect. We got to bring in more situations. We got to bring in more things instead of just owning up to what it is we did. And that's why we really hate. We hate when it's given to us a yes or no question. We can't stand that. We can't stand when we have to answer a yes or no question. We always feel, like Christ said, anything other than saying yes or no is evil because now we we have to defer. We have to deflect. And this is what has been done from the very beginning. Instead of just taking acknowledgement for what we've done, taking acknowledgement for what we did. Verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. All right. Again, there's got to be some more explanation. There's got to be some more talking, instead of I went ahead and, and now the serpent beguiled me. See, I was tricked. It wasn't it still wasn't my fault. I was tricked. God's commandment was easy. Do not eat of the, the tree of of good and evil. Don't eat of the, not, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. But now it had to be more, I was tricked. I was beguiled. I know what your commandment is. I know what you said. I understood what you said. I got that. But <clears throat> I was tricked. Instead of just taking re- 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 ownership and responsibility for what was going on, and again, it's got to be a deflection. It's got to be a, um, a a a um um deferment, and that's in accountability for what we what we do. Reading on. And the Lord God. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So God wasn't playing his game too much, too much further. Uh, he didn't even give his serpent a chance to reply. He didn't, he didn't even go there. He just went ahead. He, 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 like, essentially just pulled his belt out and just started whooping ass, uh, 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 handing out curses. Uh, verse 15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his head his heel, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and, and, and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth uh, children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it, curse is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall they bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat uh, the herb of the field. In the split of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his, his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of, of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the the tree of life and eat of it and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So, again, we just went over this just to see, take another look at how from the very beginning, and you would think that after all this time, that from the time of Adam uh, until, until today, you think people would have, would have read the Bible a little bit. I mean, truly, if you start a reading plan, you start in Genesis chapter Genesis. And hopefully you read at least the first three chapters, first four chapters in, in your commitment, almost like a um, um your, your, your New Year's resolution, I'm going to read the Bible. Now, we've read Genesis, the third chapter, but we don't learn nothing from it because we're still too busy. It's not my fault. It's not me. That Well, God, if you didn't set this up, or God, if you didn't, God, you know, this is the thing that people say. God, if you want me to enjoy it, then why do you make it taste so good? God, if you want me to enjoy it, why do you make it feel so good? God, you know what I like. So why, why would you uh, uh, put this in, in my past if you know what I like? If you know what I like, why would you make it taste so good so, and feel so good or look so good? It, it's to put it back on God, again, like it's God's fault, and we still never want to take accountability for our own actions. It's still somebody else's fault. It's still not just confessing, I did wrong. We did wrong. The nation we did wrong. Yes. When it comes to Ezra here in chapter, Ezra chapter 10, there had to be a confession made. Yes, we fought our own lust, our own mind, our own, uh, our own love, and we married, we, we married these strange-ass women. And yes, our daughters married their strange-ass sons. Yeah, we did wrong. Not no but, not no but, they look so good. We didn't see what was wrong with it. You know, we were in captivity. We were in Babylon. And, you know, in Babylon, that they just make it look so inviting and look so good and look so, so, so okay. We didn't think you would mind. No, we didn't ask for permission. We didn't go seek the law. We just took, took matters in our own hands and just did it. That was, that was the confession that was needed for the Messiah. Admit what you've done. Confess what you've done. Don't sit here and be mad and upset about, what about others? What about them? How about this? What about that? But I've been through so much. I've been through, I've been through that. So I just needed some comfort. I needed something to, 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 to deal with the pain. I, didn't need, I needed something. Um, but yeah, maybe I could have done it another way. That, that, that's the type of, 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 of again, deferred, deflected uh, uh, mentality. That we take when it comes to God and our actions and our choices and the things that we do. That, um, well, I see now that I could have done it a different way. Uh, I don't see why God, you had to get so angry, God. I don't think it requires su- such a um, uh, an angry, violent a uh, reaction from you, God. That that may- maybe you need to uh, take a chill pill and examine yourself, God. That, God, maybe you ne- maybe if you didn't come so uh, so jealous. You know that all that jealous rage and everything, and being so angry, uh, maybe you need to check yourself. Maybe you need to see, see how your approach is, God. That, that that maybe if you made it a little easier for us to understand, maybe if you made it a little bit easier for us to, to to acknowledge and accept your way of doing things, God. Maybe we'd be more willing to do it your way. Maybe if you didn't have so much of the fire and brimstone. Maybe if you if you were like the other gods of the other nations. They, they, you know, they kind of let their people have the, whatever sex they want to have. They let them worship. They don't have a problem with birthdays and 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 uh, Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving. And it, their gods understand that that's just their way of showing appreciation. So God, why don't you kind of pick a lesson or a page out of their book, and then maybe we the Israelites, me being the Israelite, maybe I might be a little bit more willing to listen and obey. I don't know about obeying is the right word, but maybe I'll be a little bit more willing to listen to what you got to say if you would listen to me first. That, you know, that's another thing that, that we as Israelites are definitely good for. Um, I'm not going to admit my wrong to you admit yours. I'm not going to admit that I, I've actually, I've, I've been reading the Bible. I know what the Bible says, but I still did my own thing. No, I didn't submit. I don't ask for permission. I just do what comes to my own mind, my own imagination, like it's been done for generations, it's been done for millennium, and I don't see what's wrong with it. You need to be more patient. You need to be more calm. You need to be more, more understandable of where I'm coming from. I've been hurt. I've been through this, that, no, okay, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't grow up knowing I'm a I didn't grow up with, the, with with these commandments. So why are you getting so angry and so mad, even though I'm supposed to have been in the Bible This whole time I'm reading God's word this whole time, but when it comes to what I want to do I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm not going to submit or humble down and ask for permission I'm going to do what I feel is right to me I'm going to argue and be stiff-headed and stubborn until you acknowledge and listen to my excuses For what I've been doing Let's go to the apocryphal Let's go to the apocryphal how does God look at that type of reaction? Let's go to. Any part to Ecclesiasticus, chapter 32. Oh. We're going to Ecclesiasticus, any part of Chapter 32, and we're going to start verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 30. Matter of fact, let me, let me get to my point first, and then I'm going to come back. We're going to read verse 17 first. We're going to read verse 17 first. Ecclesiastes chapter 32, verse 17. A sinful man will not be reproved, but finds an excuse according to his will. This is what, how God looks at it. I know it, 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 it doesn't leave room for us to be able to talk and run our mouths and explain why what we did wasn't really that bad and that maybe before let's let's get off topic about what it is i did and let's look at what you did let's look at how you come across look at how, how god how you deal with things let's not let, let's get off topic and let's defer and deflect and not deal with what my actions are let's go ahead now and look at god your actions. let's look at other people's actions god uh hell davidson um uh, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't destroy him. You didn't kill him. So why are you coming to be this way? Oh God, you must have favorites. God, you must. Um, um, uh, God, is your way really fair? God, are you really just? God, that that if you let me run my mouth, I'm gonna let. You, I'm, I'm gonna put it to a God. You're off for correcting me. But again, Ecclesiastes chapter 32 verse seventeen, a sinful man will not be reproved, and, and we deal with the word reproved. Um, blamed, reprehended, or convinced of fault. A sinful man will not be convinced of his fault. A sinful person is going to run their mouth and run excuses, like the scripture says, and so it's not my fault. There's always something else, always, um, you know, extenuating circumstances that is not just that cut and dry. There's a gray area. And if you let me talk and you let me run my mouth, I'll be able to explain to you how it's not really my fault, how I'm, you can't blame me for this. I'm not going to let it happen. And this is one, one issue that we as Israelites, as the people of God, we are expert in. We are expert in. Um, let me see where I'm at. I, I want this, but I want to see if I can just get the definition of reprove. We got reproved. Uh, simple man would not be blamed. A sinful man will not be uh, reprehended. A sinful man will not be convinced of a fault. That's a sinful man. No, I, I, that's not going to let me go there. So go back to the Bible then. Go back to the Bible. A sinful man will not be reproved, but findeth an excuse according to his will. Let's look up the word excuse. Excuse. Um, from the Latin word excuso, uh, ex and uh, accuser to blame i'm not going to be blamed oh it's not my fault did i do that it's not my fault did i do that oh it's not my fault i didn't do that i didn't that's not that's i didn't do that i i you know i didn't know that that was wrong I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't. I, no, I didn't ask questions either. If I could do it, I just went ahead and did it because you know, you know the saying. You know how the saying goes: it's easier to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. And I can come back. I can play like I I I I I really didn't know. I I just saw everybody else doing it, and I saw this happen. I saw that happen. So it was now really in my fault. I, I didn't really do it. it um, uh, you don't really. You, there's no need for you to come that way. Instead of just confessing and acknowledging our actions. Right now, in the nation Israel, it's the white man's fault. Everything is 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 is, is never. It's always it's the white man's fault. At the job, it's because it's I'm black. It's because uh, I'm a black man, or I'm a black woman, or because. Because I'm just, to, uh, policy, I'm just trying to keep company policy, and it's coming at me because I'm just trying to keep company policy, and I don't know why they're mad. It's not my fault. You didn't walk me through this. You didn't walk me through exactly what you wanted. You just threw me into it. And when I did what I, the best I could do, you get mad. It, it's not really my fault. Maybe you should have trained me or told me exactly what you wanted done. Maybe you should have did this. But because I'm a black man, or because I'm a black woman, it's the white man's fault. But in that same statement, why are we in the hands of the so-called white man? Why did God put the so-called white man over us then? No, we can't get to that. We need to focus on how we're the minorities. I'm a black man or I'm a black woman. Uh, I'm a Mexican man, Mexican woman. I'm, a, I'm a, a Hispanic man, Hispanic woman. I'm a Native American man, Native American woman. And because of my of who I am, that that's why this evil's happening to me. It's not because of what I do, how I think, how I operate. It's because it's the white man. It's because they're being racist. It's because um, they just have had it out for me because I do things so damn good. So they just got to find something wrong with me. Why can it just be I messed up? I've done wrong, and this is God paying me back for what I've done. And or the other thing is, we we love to do is we like come back and say, well, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. I might have done, done some things wrong in the past, but right now, to be getting in trouble for this right here when it wasn't my fault, that that that's wrong, and I demand justice. But what about when you've done wrong? And there were no repercussions at that time. What about that? What about when it seemed like you got away with something? And you know it was wrong in the eyes of God, but there was no immediate consequence? Why don't we be quick to want to argue and talk about those times? Why don't we want to be quick to argue and bring with the same passion and the same feeling about when you know you did wrong and there was no consequence and you thought you got away with it? Again, in the scriptures, it tells us that because sentence, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11 says, because sentence against evil work is not executed speedily, it's fully set in the hearts of men for them to do evil. That that God will sit back. You know somebody, how a parent, sometimes you, a parent will sit back and watch their children and, and be like, I wonder how far this this, this this young person will take this. I ain't going to say nothing. I've gave I've gave my warnings. I've, gave, I've given my announcements. I've already said not to do something. They know better. We've been over this before, and now they're going down the exact same path. I'm going to see just how far they're going to take this. As a fan, we'll sit there and watch them. How You think I'm dumb. I'm going to see how far you're going to try and play this out. How dumb do you really think I am? If a, we as parents can take that mentality, how do we think God don't take the same time with us? Okay, they've been reading the Bible. They've been in the Bible for decades. They have been in the Bible for decades. They've been in the Bible. They know they Israel. They know better. I don't know how many, you can't count how many classes they've already been to. And they really going to keep doing this? Like they don't know better? They know I've already chastised them for their pride before. They've already gotten in trouble for when they was just impulsive. They've already, they they've been through this, and now they're going to do the exact same thing again? And, and then want to come back and be like, okay, again, the, the one thing I'm doing right now doesn't deserve this punishment. What do you mean the one thing you're doing right now? Again, that's a deflection. It's never a, a reflection as opposed to a deflection of what things have you done before. That it seemed like you got away with Again because sentence against An evil work is not executed Speedily It's fully set in the hearts of men For them to do evil But because God Doesn't get you right away He doesn't cause a proverbial lightning strike To strike you down right now God gave us all free choice He wants to see what choices are we going to make And we never Make the choice to just own up to what it is we do So to make an excuse, um, I'm going to division number seven from the um, Webster's 1820 Dictionary, Uh, excuse, division number seven is the one that fits this scripture right now, Uh, to justify, to vindicate. So a sinful man, a sinful person will not be reproved, blamed, um, uh, found at fault i not going through that Forget that uh, But finding an excuse Or a what vindication Or a what um, Justification According to his will I'm going to find a justification A vindication According to my will I wanted to do it I wanted to do I wanted to follow my own mind I I, I didn't want to ask permission. I don't want to submit. I want to feel like I'm free. I'm a god. I've got power. You're not gonna tell me what to do, and you're not gonna tell me that I'm wrong. But that's that's how God says a sinful man reacts. That's how, in God's eyes, that's how somebody who's wrong, that's how they react. And if this ain't our people, I don't know what the hell is. So now I want to go back up to verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 32, verse 14. It says, whoso feareth the Lord will receive his discipline, and they that seek him early shall find favor. How many times as a parent will you tell a child or t- tell your, your child that, look, if, if you do something wrong, come and tell me first, let me know first, and it won't be as bad? There might there might still be some consequences, and, and the parent said this in all sincerity, in all sincerity. Just come and tell me first. Don't, don't, don't try to hide what you've done by lying, by deflection, by excuses. If you, tell me, if you just tell me what you did, we can deal with that better than if I had to find out by some other ways where you have plenty of opportunity to come in and confess what you've done. A parent was said to a child all day long. Well, guess what the Lord is saying to the nation of Israel all day long? Ecclesiastes, chapter 32, verse 14. Whoso feareth the Lord, if you really fear the Lord, you will receive his discipline. And you know we're going to look at the word discipline. I'm going to the fifth definition of discipline from the Webster's 1820 Dictionary. The fifth definition of discipline. From the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, discipline, correction, chastisement, punishment, intended to correct crimes or errors as a discipline of the strap, a belt. This is what the Bible says. Reading it again, and we're going to insert some these definitions. Whoso fears the Lord will receive his discipline or his what? Devinus number seven, um, number, number five, will receive his correction. Will receive the Lord's chastisement. Will receive for the punishment intended to correct crimes or errors. Okay, you made an error. You made a mistake. Cool. If you really fear God, you'll receive his discipline. you receive his correction. That's intended to correct a crime you committed or an error that was made. Because we know where errors come from. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-nine, You do err, not knowing the scriptures. All right. Um, third definition under the verb uh, discipline: to correct, to chastise, to punish. So, coming back, Ecclesiastes chapter 32, verse fourteen: Whoso feareth the Lord will receive his discipline. If you really fear God, but, but what's really be, becoming evident amongst Israelites, while we still are in captivity, going to stay in captivity, even though we're calling ourselves Israelites, is that we still won't receive discipline. We won't receive correction for our crimes, our errors, or for the things we do. We keep finding justifications. We keep finding justifications to justify if I could just talk, if I could just run my mouth so I could deflect <clears throat> your anger. So I can even try to put it back on you that you're wrong for how you're coming. You're wrong for how you're approaching the situation. You're not taking consideration what I've been through. You're not being considerate of, of the things I've been through where I told you I've been hurt before, don't you ever hurt me. Um, that, that I need to, this from you before I give to you what God says. But again, Ecclesiastes chapter 32, verse 14. Whoso feareth the Lord will receive his discipline. And they that seek him early shall find favor. If we came to God and just, con- just confessed, just acknowledged that was are up of what the things we do, what does the scripture say? We'll find favor. But because we like to hide and deflect and justify and, and not want to con- confront the things that we do wrong, and we want to acknowledge for every little thing we do, Good, but don't you dare bring up what I do wrong, because I, I've got, I've got this issue, I've got this problem, I got this thing I'm going through. I didn't know. Maybe you, you you didn't you didn't present it to me in a way that I understand. That's why we don't find favor. As much as we look for favor, this is why we don't find favor, because we won't go ahead and just own up to the things we do. Especially as a nation, verse 15. He that seeketh the law shall be filled therewith. If we're really seeking to do things God's way, and this is the problem. We don't really seek to do things God's way. We want to do it our own way and then come back and say, well, I, was this wrong? Was this right? Was this okay? We don't seek first. We don't ask questions first. We do our own will first. Then when somebody us about it, we're ready to run our mouths about how it was just a feeling. And then how we're going to deflect that oh, it's really your fault, not my fault. But let's bring up what you've done, not what I'm doing Verse 15 He that seeketh the law shall be filled therewith If you're really seeking God's law You'll be filled with God's law We'll be doing it his way If we were really seeking How God wants things done If we were seeking his commandments But it says Verse 15 But the hypocrite will be offended Thereat That when the law comes up How God wants things done comes up the, the hypocrite is going to be offended. Why we all, why talk about the Bible? Why talk about how God feels? Why bring that up? Don't you know that that makes me feel bad? Don't you know that that makes me feel a certain way? That makes me not want to love. That makes me not even want to be around. That makes me not want to come around because, and, and we, we all all types of words about because, but what is God saying right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 32 verse 15? If we really were seeking God's law And God's way of doing things If we were seeking it We would be filled therewith We would be filled with his commandments And how to do things his way But the hypocrite Will be offended The hypocrite is going to be offended That they're being corrected The hypocrite is going to be offended Scripture being brought out The hypocrite is going to be like No, that don't pertain to me That ain't got nothing to do with me Verse 16, they that fear the Lord shall find judgment and shall kindle justice as a light. As much as we screaming Black Lives Matter, as much as we're screaming uh, it's the white man's fault, as much as we scream that, the solution is still right here. Ecclesiastes chapter 32, verse 16, they that fear the Lord shall find judgment. And shall kindle justice as a light. God will have no problem defending defending us then. But we don't do our part. We don't do our part. And then we we want to, we don't do our part. And then it goes back into verse 17. A sinful man will not be reproved but findeth an excuse according to his will. Verse 18, we covered that already. Verse 18, a man of counsel will be considerate. What is counsel? Uh, counsel, from the Latin word, to consult, to ask, to assail. So, counsel is a noun. Counsel from a Latin word that, that means to consult or to ask. So it, just in that right there, into the etymology of the word counsel, a man of counsel, a man who asks, or a woman that asks, will be considerate. But how many of us don't like to ask or submit? We're going to do first, and then we, we do it. And again, we carry this mentality. It's easier to ask for, for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. Um, wow. Well, um, definition number eight. Definition number eight of counsel. That's 1828 dictionary. Definition number eight. Directions of God's word. A man of counsel or a man who gets the directions of God's word will be considerate. I like definition number nine also. It says the will of God uh, or his truth and doctrine is concerning the way of salvation. But how many of Israelites ain't trying to deal with I'm not trying to ask permission. I'm not trying to submit. I'm not trying to find out what the word of God is. I want to know that I can do what I want to do the way I want to do it, for whatever thought comes to my mind, like what's been done since the time of Adam and Eve up until present day, and I want to be told that it's okay for me to do things the way I, I see right, that I see fit. I'm not going to submit and ask permission. I want to do first. And then after I do it and I'm confronted about it, I'm ready to argue I'm ready to debate. I'm ready to, to, to have the proverbial conniption fit until it's going to go my way. But if a person was really asking the direction of God's word, if a person was really trying to seek to find out what is God's will, how does God want things done or like things done, if that's what a person was really about, if, they, if we really did fear God, because a man of counsel will be considerate. But a strange and proud man is not daunted with fear, even when he himself has, has done without counsel. I ain't asked no questions. I ain't asking nobody's permission. I just did it, and I—that's I, thats what the Bible also calls somebody who's shameless. That's that's somebody who's shameless. I don't care. I did it. So what? Yes, I did it, and I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to be daunted with fear. I ain't going to be sitting here all, oh, 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 no, F that. Yeah, I did it and what? Yes, I did do it. We is so bold and wickedness. We will really throw some hissy fits. I, I, Yes, nigga, I did it I did and what? This is when we start, you know, especially our people. That's when my person will start talking to the third person. That that, that and Again, this is what the Bible calls a strange and a proud person who ain't got no fear. Has no fear because, yes, I did what I wanted to do, and that's what made me happy. And, hey, hey F it. If, 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 if I got to die for it or God is mad, then he's got to be mad at it right now because, no, I did what I wanted to do, and, and that's all there is to it. How could that be anything but pride? How could that be anything but pride? I didn't ask for any directions, any counsel, any advice in God's word if I should do it this way or not do it this way. I just do it. And if I'm confronted with what I've done, I'm ready to argue, get mad, scream, get loud. I'm going to have an attitude. Remember how how, when – let me give a visual example of this right here. Let's go to Genesis chapter four, verse one. Now, mind you, we just read Genesis, the third chapter, and now Adam and Eve have been kicked out of paradise. They've been kicked out of having dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that creeps upon the earth. That that dominion, that power, the 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 um. pedestal that they were on, they've just been booted off the pedestal, all right? Let's, let's keep this in context, that they are now kicked out of paradise. They're kicked out of having dominion over everything, all right? So let's get that straight. So now they've been kicked out, and verse uh, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cool. Adam and Eve had two kids, two sons, Cain and Abel. Verse 3. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Okay. So in the process of time, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering to the Lord So he brought an offering Alright cool And we just going to leave it right there He brought an offering And Abel he also brought Of the firstlings of his flock And of the fat thereof And the Lord had respect Unto Abel and to his offering Okay So both sons bring an offering Cain brought fruit Abel brought uh, Of the firstlings of his flock And the fat thereof Um, And God had respect unto Abel and his offering. Verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So here's Cain and Abel both being an offering. Abel's offering is respected. He bought the right offering. Cain didn't bring the right offering, so God didn't have respect to it. And who got angry? So let's look at the word Roth Roth. Um, an adverb S-S-C, uh, it says C. Raph. Uh, Roth, very angry, much exasperated. Um it says C. Raph, so let's let's go to Wrath. Wrath. Violent anger. Oh, good God. If this don't describe us today, I don't know what does. Cain brings something that he feels is sentimental, something he's put his hands to, something that he's worked hard at. He brings his offering. The most I don't have respect to it. Abel brought the offering of um, the right offering. The most I have respect to it. And Cain gets a violent anger towards God because his offering was not respected. What it been just as easy? as to trying to force and instead of Cain trying to force his will, what he wants, how he thinks what he thinks is right, what he thinks is proper because is what he's doing. What has it been easy for him just to ask? Wouldn't it have been easier for him just to submit and to ask? But I know, this is talking about the so-called white man, right? This is talking about Kane. This got nothing to do with us today, right? That, that That's not something I'm supposed to examine myself about because of what I've been through. That's what that man was going through. That got nothing to do with what I be going through. That got nothing to do with me. That, that, No. That's just not me. That's not me. And he, you know, you know how we like to get technical and become the jailhouse lawyers. I don't get a violent anger, but I do get I I, I get upset. You know, we we'll come back and use those type of words. I might get upset because I don't understand, but I'm not. I don't have a violent anger. That's no, that's that's not me. It's just I don't understand. And because you know of what I've been through in my life. That, that if I don't yell, if I don't get passionate, then I'm not going to be heard. If I don't yell and get passionate, I'm not going to be heard. So I've got to get this way because all I'm really trying to do is just trying to get some understanding about why my way is wrong. That's all I'm really trying to do. Um, I'm not trying to uh, cause an argument. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just trying to really understand. And, yes, I've got to be passionate. Forgive me for that. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I've been through a lot. I am a Scorpio. Um, and, you know, um, that uh, I'm just really just trying to get some understanding. That's all I'm really just trying to do. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really a bad person. I'm not really an evil person. I'm not a sinful person. I'm not trying, just trying to find an excuse according to my will, but I just do. I would like to understand about why my way wasn't accepted. Why is, why is Abel your favorite? I was first born. I was here first. How come my way is never accepted? How come nothing I do is ever good enough? Why is it everything can what everything Abel does is just loved and accepted, and and you rejoice that. But whatever I do, you you just don't love me the same. And That's all I want to. Know. I just want to know why why you, you don't why your love ain't fair. That's all, that's all I'm trying to figure out why, why your love ain't fair. Why 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 you just you love Abel more than you love me. That's all I'm just trying to understand that that can you see where I'm coming from? Can you can you see can you kind of see where, uh, where I'm coming from and what I mean that as I was talking to other people about the 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 the, the they bring and and offering I bring that no one else can see why my offering is not accepted that I worked in the field hard I was working in the field hard I put a lot of blood sweat and tears and toil I put a lot into bringing you an offering God I could I could have took the attitude God of bringing you nothing I could have did that but God I didn't do that that for something I put a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot a lot of, um, uh, of my personal touch and my my person into into bringing you this offering that I didn't have to bring that you just rejected it just you, you just you you never gave me a chance that I don't know if you still got something going on because of what my dad did or what my mom did I'm not them I'm not my dad I'm not my mom. But it just seems like now that whenever I bring, I just try and do something good for you, guys, You just never accept it. But whatever Abel does, you just love him and accept whatever he does. And I just, I, I, again, I might have gotten a little upset. I ain't gonna say violently angry. I'm not gonna say that, but I did get upset and I did, I did get passionate because you were ignoring me, and I, I, did, I really just don't know another way of getting your attention. So that now you'll be able to listen to what I'm saying. I just, um, uh. I I I just I, that that um uh that just I just that that just uh f- for the time that's just what I had to do to get your attention cuz you weren't paying me any attention that made me next time uh we, we can sit down and have a conversation and we can talk about how you're going to accept my way of doing things and 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 maybe we uh, it has to get to this point uh if you didn't ignore me then maybe um uh, I wouldn't have had to get that way. So Cain got wrath. As we're gonna look into the Webster's HT twenty dictionary, it says see wrath. Oh. Wrath, violent anger, vehement exasperation, indignation, as the wrath of Achilles. Um Number two, the effects of anger. Anger, which is God says uh, through Paul that the lust of the flesh is what? Anger. So Cain gets angry because his what he's doing isn't respected. But, but his brother's offerings is respected. Verse 6. I'm going to read verse 5 again. Genesis chapter 4 verse 5, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So again, Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. What does the commentary say about this? going to the John Gill and Cain was very wroth with God to whom he offered it because he did not accept of it and with his brother because he and his sacrifice were preferred to him and his um, and his countenance fell uh, the commentary says the briskness and cheerfulness of, of his countenance went off and he looked dejected, and instead of lifting up his face towards uh, towards heaven, he looked with a down look to the earth. He looked churlish, uh, morose, and sullen, ill natured, full of malice and revenge, and as if he was studying which way uh, to. Let me see this here. I'm sorry. Which way to vent to vent it? He knit his brows, some eyebrows, and gnashed his teeth, uh, put on a a surly countenance, and there might be, and there might be seen in his face all the signs, not only of grief and disappointment, but of rage and fury, through some interpret it, uh, interpret it of shame, and confusion. Okay. Verse six, Genesis chapter four, verse six. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Why are you pissed? Why are you mad because you brought the wrong offering? And I didn't accept it. And why is your countenance falling down like like? I remember as kids. Uh, toddlers growing up in, 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 my, in my parents' house. Now, if our parents told me and my brother no, we would want our parents to know how 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 upset, how disappointed we were, and we, we would we would kind of bow our head, um, and we would poke our lips out. In a real grimace, and we would we would stop off, and that was that was me and my brother wanting to make find a way to make our parents feel bad about telling us no. Th- that 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 was a sign that we were not happy with their decisions, that we were not in agreement with the, with their decisions, and we poked our lips out. And I can't – I'm just reminiscing on how many times people said, uh, you better get your face straight. You better straighten out your face. You better just some of them lips. You better fix them lips for and slap them off your face. And I, I, I just have a picture of that. That I was just being told no. As a toddler being told No. That we would tear our, our face, we get all all messed up. To make sure our parents try, they try to make our parents feel guilty that they had the audacity to tell us or tell me no. But this is the same reaction. God is having the same reaction with Cain as my dad. What happened with me? My mom would have with me. Dad says, "No, why you got your face turned up like that? You better fix you." And you know it, it, it's that, that especially that, that mom talk, where she got her teeth gritted together, her front two front teeth, her front teeth are gritted like 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 nasty together, and she just bent a piece of steak. Her cheeks are tight, the skin is full real tight. And you can barely see her lips move, but you can understand everything she's saying. You better fix your face, over there whatever. You fix it for you. You 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 better. You, you better Where's what, my belt? That it, it be that 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 that, that mom grimace. like who are you to get mad at me? I told you no. This is the same answer God is having with Cain. Why are you wrong? And why is your confidence falling? Why your face look like that? Because you were told no. Because I didn't. I don't respect your offering. Verse seven. Again, this this is, this is one reason why we we don't teach it so much uh, nowadays. But I one reason why we do bring out color in the Bible and that the people of the Bible are, are people of color, that if you've got this image of, of a white God or a white Jesus, um, you're not going to really, it's not going to come across with the same flair um, uh, uh, that you can see a, a black man or a, 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 a black father or a black mother having uh, when their children are being just disobedient. That, that, that flare of where it, it literally seems like, like like flames are about to shoot out their eyes. That the whites of the eyes get bloodshot red and the pupils get like 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 small like 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 I mean small. Like little just little black dots. Um and the vein is coming out the forehead and again, their face is so tight and like, like their cheeks are pulled back really, really tight against their skull, and the nostrils flare out. Like if they could breathe fire like a dragon, they, they would smoke you, smoke you right in and right there. <laughs> That's one reason like, like we do have to go come back and really teach color. So you can really put a, 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 a better um, emotion um, uh, to the situation. You can put a better a better visual to what's going on as opposed to this again like this 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 all white God who's just trying to barely reach his finger out to such a little white naked um, uh, Adam or what have you um, or if you're dealing with that the the cge image of uh, Jesus Christ, that white image of Jesus Christ, who looks like a hippie who's kind of stoned who 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 uh, um, just has that real um, dopified look on his face, a real, a real passive look on his face. When, when you grow up with that type of image and you come back like, and read these scriptures, you're not going to get the effect. You're not going to get the heart of what, where God's really coming from or how, how it's really written. But when you can put together and understand that, no, God is black, Christ is black, and and and, and, and the angels are black. And then you, and you put together that, like the image given in Daniel chapter, chapter 7 uh, about the Most High, uh, um, that his face sh- was shiny and that, his hair, that he had hair like the pure wool, that this is a black man with a full afro. And he's pissed. He's angry. We can make him read the definition of Christ or the description of Christ in Revelation chapter 1. That Christ is, is that black man with white woolly hair, bloodshot red eyes, um, uh, uh, a white woolly, uh, woolly beard, and he's girded for war and has a sword on his side. And he's dark. He's a very dark-skinned man. So when they say hide us from the wrath of the Lamb, he's coming back. That's a black man who's pissed and coming back for vengeance. That's the Sylvester Stallone or the... John Cena or the um uh uh, uh Liam Nielsen uh, Neeson or what have you. No, it's a black man. It's that Samuel Jackson in in um uh, uh that Southern movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh I hope he rocks in hell. That type of fury, that type of passion. So take that And transpose that now on this conversation, if you want to call it that, between Adam, between Cain and the Most High, that angry father going at his son, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why your kindness look like that? You bought the wrong damn offering. You did it wrong. And yeah, I've already been through that 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 b s with your parents. I asked them they did right, and all of a sudden they, they didn't get the pass in the buck wasn't me wasn't me I didn't do it wasn't me wasn't my fault, wasn't me I didn't do it and now he's supposed to sit back now and listen to the same type of of, 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 of pattern of b s no first seven, if thou do as well, if you're doing the right, if you start doing it right, then you'll be accepted. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. You're going to keep doing it your way, sin will keep lying at your door. You're going to keep doing it wrong, doing it your way. And check it out. And unto thee shall be his desire. Keep it up, and yes, Abel is going to rule over you. If there's something you want to try to bring to me, you ask your brother first. And thou shalt rule over him. And Abel, you're gonna rule over him then. You don't keep just reading what you want and what you think how 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 you want it to be, and go make make God accept your offering. But God's telling you no. And then because you get mad, you get angry, get upset. That's supposed to sway God now to accept RBS. Israel, damn, we're already in captivity. We're not in the promised land. We've been through, and still currently going through the police brutality, the the um, death, the, the the diseases. We're already going through, and we still refuse to receive correction. We still refuse to receive correction for our choices. Is it supposed to go like this way forever? That we just gonna show God how stubborn we can be? We can best believe there's 104,000 men that God is looking for that get it. That just comes from Israelites. 104,000 men that get it, once that that is that reached, just like with Noah in the ark, that day finally came. Everybody was out on their on BS. Everybody was out following their own imagination, and those that were, that were ready, that were in the ark, God closed the door, and that was it. And it's not like Christ had already warned us, like it, like it, like like in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. It was all about trying to find some type of entertainment. It was all about trying to find some type of of, 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 of joy. All right, cool. You be on that. You be on that and that ready and looking forward when God comes. Because when God closes the ark, whatever that's going to be, ain't nobody getting in. Ain't nobody going to be saved. And you and your ugly face and your attitude can stay right where you at. You were just praying humble. One day we would get it. All right, let me catch up with my notes here. Um, Let's go to the book of Baruch in the Apocrypha again. Let's go to Baruch chapter 1, verse 13. Going into the Apocrypha to Baruch chapter 1, verse 13. And, again, this is this is um, Baruch and Jeremiah were prophets during, the, during the Babylonian captivity, during the time of the Babylonian captivity. All right? Um, we'll read about Ezra and Nehemiah uh, and even Ezra's. That was during the, the, the Persian Mii captivity when Israel first came back, uh, gotten back to, to, to Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity and exile. Um, that the Jews came back, rebuilt the temple, and we're back in the promised land. Um, at that time. All right? For that time period. Um, now we're going to jump back in time a little bit further. Um, and we're dealing with uh, Baruch. All right? Baruch was, doing, was during the time of the prophet Jeremiah, which was, during the beginnings of the Babylonian captivity. So now we're in Baruch chapter 1, I'm sorry, verse 13, and still dealing with this, this, this thing that Israel's got to do about confessing. I got to do this. I have got to do this. Maybe I should have titled this class just in the first place. Um, I think I spelled it wrong, I'm trying to type too fast. Uh, when we read Judges chapter 5 or 11, everybody, Judges chapter 5 verse 11, let me move this up here. If we're going to Baruch, we're going to Judges chapter 5, verse 11. If we're going to Baruch, we're going to, go to Judges chapter 5, verse 11. I need, I need to go ahead and pull it off. I need to go ahead and pull it off. And Curious, 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 curious. Um...
0: Wow.
2: Um, no, I'm not. I can't. Wow. Um, King James Apocrypha got it. Um, let me see the commentary. Johnny, what you got to say? They had to deliver from the noise of archers. The face of John Waters. Um, before we go there, Johnny... Um, I'm still here, but it says one thing. I'm trying to, um, check this out. Um, I'm, we go we're going to go here. We're going to go ahead and go here. And this is going to put promise to get the rest of the time for, the, for this class. Um, Judges chapter five, verse 11, it says, they've done a deliberate. Uh, from the, uh, uh, they that are delivered from the noise of, the, of archers In the places of drawing water there shall, they be, there shall they be heard The righteous acts of the Lord Even the righteous acts um, To the inhabitants of his villages in Israel Then shall the people of the Lord Go down to the gates so, we know this again is it, during the time of the book of Judges, and this was um, the song of uh, Deborah, uh, Deborah and Barak. After uh, Deborah and Barak delivered from a captivity of the Philistines, if I remember correctly right now. But this was actually a prophecy. Judges chapter 5 verse 11 was actually a prophecy. They were singing, true enough, but this was actually a prophecy, and we're going to break it down a little bit. Judges chapter 5, verse 11. They that are delivered from the noise of the archers. Now, why is this an, an important phrase? First off, all, it's talking about being delivered, right, deliverance. Those that are going to be saved. They that are delivered from the noise of the archers. Now, why, why does it refer to the noise of the, arch, of the archers? Let me see if I can do this here, if it's going to give it to me quickly. All right, uh, when we go, when it refers to the noise of the archers, the reason that, that this was a prophecy that Deborah and Barak were, were, were singing, when we go to Jeremiah chapter 50, uh, and going straight to the point, I'm going to Jeremiah chapter 50, I'm going to start verse 28. It says, um, again, and keep it in context, when it talks about those that are going to be delivered, those that are going to be saved from the noise of the archers. I'm going to precept this and and, 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 and couple this with Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 28 and 29. we we'll read Jeremiah chapter 50, verses 28 and 29 it says, the voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon to declare in Zion, the vengeance of the Lord, our God, the vengeance of his temple that this again in Jeremiah chapter 50 is, is, is a, um, uh, 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 Apocalyptic um, prophecy About when God is going to deliver And save the Israelites From his last captivity What what the world calls Armageddon That that war World War uh, III Is finally going to be um, The liberation Of the nation Israel From captivity But it tells you that there's some things That we got to be doing In order to be delivered From the noise of the arches. And why I talk about the arches? So it says, the voice of them that flee and escape out of the land of Babylon to declare in Zion the vengeance of the Lord, our God, the vengeance of his temple. Verse 29, call together the archers against Babylon. All ye that bend the bow, camp against it, round about. Let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she has done. Do unto her. For she has been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. So it's it's telling us here in Jeremiah chapter uh, uh, twenty and twenty-nine that those are going to be saved from the destruction of Babylon, which also goes with Revelation eighteen chapter about the the destruction of Babylon the Great. It's all the same thing, all referring to the same place, which is America. That um, when this happens that all, it says, call together all the archers against Babylon. So every army uh, in the world is going to have their missiles or their, uh, uh, their, their, their missiles aimed at Babylon, aimed at America. And they're going to shoot them. When we read Joel, the third chapter, it tells you about how the, um, especially uh, those with nuclear capabilities. Those nations with nuclear uh, weapons capabilities will be firing at Babylon, which is going to make Babylon the, the lake of fire. That is all the, when you throw a rock into a, a lake or a pond, uh, uh, you see how the ripples will spread out. Um, like, like, like in a lake, you take a, a big stone and you throw it into, in, into the water, it causes a, a splash and it causes those ripples to keep expanding out and out and out and out. Well, the reason that Babylon or America is referred to as the Lake of Fire is that when all the nations fire their weapons, particularly their nuclear armament, at America, and and all these missiles are hitting across America, it's going to look like many stones being thrown in water, and and as, as the mushroom clouds go up, and you see that the 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 shock wave as it spreads like a ripple of water um, when a rocket's thrown in it and it spreads across like a river, that America is going to be like that lake of fire. That it's, it's going to be all these, from all the, the, the bombs and, 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 and artillery being shot at America, but particularly nuclear armament being shot at America, it's going to make it seem like a lake of fire. Like, like it's all these stones just, just hitting America. And it says the noise, let me see if I can find this real quick. I don't need the exact phrase. When we read uh, Jeremiah chapter 49. I'm going to start verse 20. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 49, I'm going to start verse 20. And it says, therefore, it, so I, I explained about when, I, when all these bombs are going off at once, uh, aimed at Babylon the Great in the scriptures or, or spiritual Egypt or modern-day America, when all the bombs from all the nations are aimed and shot at this place, at um, it's going to be a great noise. It's going to be a great fire. It's going to be a great noise. So when we read Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 20, it says, Therefore, hear the counsel of the Lord that he has taken against Edom and his purposes, that he has purposed against the inhabitants of Teman. Surely the least of the flocks shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitations desolate with them. We know that America is, is, is run by Caucasians, um, that it, it's, it's, it's the height of the, of the Caucasian Empire. All right? Uh, and the Bible refers to it as Babylon the Great. That's why it says even, even they, they refer to um, Esau or Edom as the daughter of Babylon. In um, Psalm 137, I believe that is. So in Jeremiah chapter 49 verse 21, Jeremiah chapter 49 verse 21, it says, the earth is moved at the noise of their fall. At the cry, at the cry, the noise thereof was heard at the Red Sea. So it's telling you that when all these nations finish firing their artillery at the same time at America, or as the Bible, the Bible calls Babylon the Great, that it's going to be such a great noise when all these megaton. Uh, nuclear weapons are released at once and landing in and on America that the earth is going to move and that the noise of, at the, noise of the, the, the fall, the cry is going to be heard. The noise, the cry of the noise thereof is going to be heard in the Red Sea. That, that this is from, again, America to Across the Atlantic across um, europe to to the Red Sea across Europe through the Straits of gibraltar um, uh, uh, across Libya across Egypt, that the noise is going to be heard at the Red sea is is there's going to be no mistaking what's going on now coming back to Judges chapter 5 and verse 11 when it says they that are delivered from the noise of archers so if we understand and putting about using Bible to, to understand the Bible when it's talking about these archers because if you think about it as a weapon the bow and arrow is a silent weapon a bow and arrow is a silent Weapon compared to a, a gun, a pistol, a rifle, an arrow is a is a silent weapon. It's deadly and it's silent. So you have to come back and think about. So why would it describe or say to say the noise of archers? Because it's not talking about this regular bow uh, uh, bow and arrow um, um, uh, archery. It's referring to the nations shooting their arrows, and what are the arrows of t- today's modern nations? Missiles. Nuclear missiles being fired. And then when these nuclear missiles explode, the noise, we've all seen, seen some type of video or some type of a, uh, um, uh, video or seen some type of movie that when nuclear bombs go off, how destructive they are and how loud they are. Now imagine, again, Every army that has got a military weapon firing at America at the same time, that's going to be loud, an unmistakable loud. That's going to be heard from the destruction from America all the way over to the Red Sea. They're going to be able to hear this destruction. The Earth is going to move when God punches America with these nuclear weapons from the nations. And then God's going to bring his own fire as well. Don't forget about all the super volcanoes uh, that, that, that pepper the American landscape. New, New Mexico has got two super volcanoes um, there in New Mexico. That's why you have the hot springs in uh, the Hamas Mountains. Those are super volcanoes. Not just volcanoes, super volcanoes in New Mexico. Uh, Yellowstone, uh, there's super volcanoes. I, 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 I forget the, the, the statistics, but it's, it's a easy look up. There's super volcanoes that will be going off at the same time. All these nuclear weapons are going off at the same time also. The, when this place, when God is punching this place, the the earth is going to move and the earth the noise is going to be heard all the way at the Red Sea. If we want to be delivered from that destruction, it says um, uh, they go back to Judges five chapter five verse eleven. They're going to be delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water. Let me get this real quick. Let me see here. Let's go to Joshua chapter nine. And let's get some uh, biblical understanding about what this drawers of water is referring to. Um I'm going to start verse 1 and read down. I'm going to take a little time because, uh, because I started the class late. I didn't get a full two hours in. So I'm going to keep going. We're going to read through this, and we'll call it a night. We'll call it a day. <clears throat> uh, Joshua chapter, chapter 9, and verse 1. It says, um, and again, I want to get some understanding about what the phrase, the jars of water, what it actually means. So when we come to Joshua chapter 9, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when all the kings which were on this side Jordan, in the hills, and in the valleys, and in the co- uh, the coast of the great sea, over against Lebanon, uh, the Hittite and and the Amorite, the Canaanite and the Perizzite and Hivite, and the Jebusite heard thereof. So this, what we're reading about right now is now the Israelites. We've we, we've come out of um, come out of Egypt. We've completed the forty years in the wilderness that, that uh, we subject ourselves to. For for our, uh, unfaithfulness and our pride, um, the 40 years have expired, Moses has just passed away, and now we're starting to, to the conquest of the promised land, the, the repossession of the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're now on this journey, and what we're reading here in Joshua chapter 9. Um, and as we're starting this, that the nations are hearing about our conquest. Uh, we're conquering and, and devouring cities uh, and repossessing cities and destroying cities that we're taking over. This, this is, being, is is going before us. Uh, our reputation preceding us that our God is with us. So Joshua chapter 9 verse 2. That they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. Verse 3. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho, And to Ai they did work willily and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine, wine bottles, old and rent and bound up. So Gibeon Gibeon was real close to to the city of Ai and the city of Jericho. And the most I remember, the walls of Jericho were impenetrable, and the Lord brought them down. He shook them down, and and we took and destroyed that city. Uh, same with, with I that um, we took and destroyed. I two, two city-states, if you will. Um, they were huge, and and very well defended. But God was with us, so they were destroyed. So Gibeon was was, was going to be like next in line to be taken, to be destroyed, to, uh, to to be overrun. So the Gibeonites came with this plan that they're going to act like they're ambassadors, and. Um, they took old sacks and uh, old sacks and put them on, on their asses and wine bottles old and rent and bound up, uh, verse 5, and old shoes and and uh, clouted upon uh, their feet and old garments upon them. And all the bread of their provisions was dry and moldy. So they're, they're putting on some drama for your ass right here, all right, verse 6. And they went to Joshua unto the camp of, at Gilgal, and said unto him, and to the men of Israel. We become from a far country. Now, therefore, make ye a league with us. They, they, they put this, 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 this facade on, like, man, we, we came from a very, 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 very far country, and it's taking this amount of time just to meet up with y'all. And we just want to make, make a treaty with y'all. Reading mm-hmm. on, verse 7. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites. Peradventure, ye dwell among us. And how shall we make a league with you? Like, the man at first was like, like hold up. How do we know that you ain't that you, like of these cities that we got to destroy? That, that, and God already told us not to make any league with you, not to make a covenant with y'all. How do we know? Verse 8. And they said unto Joshua, we are thy servants. So they willingly submitted to be the servants of the Israelites. We are thy servants, and Joshua said unto them, Who are you? Who are ye? And from whence come ye? Where y'all come from? Who, who are you? Where y'all come from? Verse nine, and they said unto him, From a very far country, thy servants are come, because of the name of the Lord thy God, that we had to come, because we heard about how God delivered y'all out of Egypt, with y'all the forty years in the wilderness, and y'all took Jericho and I, and we had to come travel, we had to come see y'all. For we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites uh, that were beyond Jordan, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, uh, which was at Ashtaroth. Um Verse 11, wherefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country speak to us, saying, take victuals with you for the journey. And go to meet them, and say unto them, we are your servants. Therefore now make ye a league with us. Verse 12. This, our bread, we took hot for our provision out of of our houses on the day we came forth to go unto you. But now, behold, it is dry and it is moldy. (laughs) And these bottles of wine which we filled were new. Behold, they be rent. And these are garments, and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. So they've really put it on thick about they've really been, all they've really come for is peace, and they've been in such a long journey to give homage to the, to the God of Israel and to become the servants of the Israelites. Verse 14, and the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. Here we go again. Here we go again. Didn't ask the most high, but now they're going to go by what they, by, from what they see and what they hear, they're going to make a judgment based on what they see and what they hear and still not ask permission. If we need the Israelites, there are none. Verse 15. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Verse 16, and it came to pass, at the end of three days, after they had made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors, and they, they dwelt among them. And the children, children of Israel journeyed and came into their cities on the third day. So these, these, these cats are only three days away from where the Israelites were camped at. They're only three days away, not this stupid long journey that, to where bread gets moldy, gets dry. Um, wine bottles uh, turned from brand new to old. Brand new garments get, get just all dusty and, and, and dirty and rent. That No, they were three days away. Now, the cities were Gibeon and uh, Shepharah and Mirath and Kirjath Jerem. Verse 18. And the children of Israel smoked them not, because the princes of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel And all the congregation murmured against the princes. Like, what what are you all doing? Because the leadership went without counsel. Verse 19. But all the princes said unto all the congregation, we are sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we may not touch them. Verse 20. This we will do to them. We will even let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swear unto them. We swear by the Mosai. We are honored by, we, because we swear by the Mosai, we had to keep our word. We can't kill them. But this is, what, this is what we're going to do. Verse 21. And the princess said unto them, let them live, but let them be hewers of wood and drawers of water unto all the congregation as the princes had promised them. And Joshua called for them. And you see how, how in letting them live, they were now going to become what? Servants. And it said they're going to be hewers of wood and drawers of water. That's servitude. That you're not going to be our servant. Like a waiter or a waitress. You're going to wait on us. You're going to bring us what we want, a hewer of wood and drawer of water. Y'all going to be our slaves. You're going to be our captives. We're going to let your cities live, but y'all going to be slaves. Verse twenty two. And Joshua called them for them, and he spake unto them, saying, Wherefore have ye beguiled us, saying, We are very far from you, when ye dwell among us. Now therefore, ye are cursed, and there shall be none of you uh, be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water uh, for the house of my God. So again, the these Gibeonites now made themselves servants and slaves forever she was a a bondman she was of wood and drawers of water uh, to the house of the most high so when we go back now to Judges chapter 5 and verse 11 it says they that are delivered from the noise of archers in the places of drawing water so they that are going to be delivered from the noise of the archers From Jeremiah chapter uh, 49 and Jeremiah chapter 50, the noise of archers, and the archers being the nations, firing their weapons at Babylon the Great, at America, uh, in the places of drawing water. What does the drawing water refer to? Slavery. So in the place where all these archers are going to be firing, all these nations are going to be firing at, as well as the places of drawing water— where slavery, where captivity is taking place. And what slavery and captivity is taking place? But Babylon the Great. America. It goes on now to say that in that in the same place where the archers are going to be shooting, and it was a place of drawing water, a place of slavery, it says there shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord. That, that same place where the archers are going to be firing at, in that same place where um, uh, there were drawers of wa- a drawing of water, which is talking about America, Babylon the Great, spiritual Egypt, spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, that there in that place shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord. Even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of his villages in Israel, that we've got to be rehearsing the righteous acts in this place of drawing waters, in this place where the arches are going to be firing at. It says, then shall, the people go, then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. That's when we are going to be brought back to the land of Israel. We're going to be brought back to our inheritance. We're going to be brought back to, to, to um, the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and to their seed. But it says that in this place of drawing waters where the arches are going to be firing, we're supposed to be rehearsing. The righteous acts We're supposed to be practicing the righteous acts We're supposed to be practicing Acknowledging Our wrongs We're supposed to be practicing Acknowledging and confessing Our wrongs Not justifying That's not righteous Because a simple man would do what? Find an excuse According to his will That's what a sinful man does but somebody who is practicing the righteous acts of the Lord, we're supposed to be confessing our fault, acknowledging our faults, taking ownership and accountability for our faults, not deflecting, not not uh, uh, becoming again these, these these jailhouse lawyers, and we're trying to flip it back on you and trying to cause a little bit of doubt, a little reason of doubt that maybe it's not me, I mean, maybe it's not you. As we keep trying to apply these Jedi mind tricks um, and, and trying to Jedi mind control the most high, please, we've got to be rehearsing the righteous acts, as well as the ring of fringes, as well as the, the, the high holy days uh, prescribed in Leviticus 23rd chapter, uh, prescribed in Esther, uh, prescribed in, in uh, Maccabees. It's what, those things, the dietary laws and, 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 and dress codes and everything, we have to practice the righteous acts, also confessing. That's what we got to get into the practice of, confessing and acknowledging our wrongs. Confessing and acknowledging the things that we've done wrong. Because we got to do this on a national level. So that then, now our prayers can be heard and the Father will finally send the Savior, Jesus Christ. So with that, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end, end this show here. That was right around at two hours. Still got, got, got a two-hour class in. We just got to start a little bit late. We just got to start a little bit late. Um, today is Thursday. So please uh, tune in tomorrow. Please tune in tomorrow um, uh, for Bible Breakdowns uh, with, uh, with Bonobod, starting at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Or 7 p.m. Texas time. All right, 7 p.m. Texas time. Adjust your clocks accordingly um, uh, to catch the live stream that, uh, that will be taking place tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's only a day tomorrow. You're only a day away. All right, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And with that, my name is Mashaba. And for ISBHPK uh, Bible Talk podcast, I would like to say shalom.
0: Cheers. Sure.